This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia, and we have a big official visit weekend uh, to discuss here on Friday morning at 8.11 a.m. Um, so if anything changes between now and then, uh, we apologize for it being out of date, but things are fluid this time of year with recruiting. So we're going to keep this podcast strictly on recruiting, uh, you know, make it relatively short and sweet, um, kind of discuss the guys that are set to visit Miami um, this weekend. So Gabby, let's just start. Well, I want to start here first. Um Miami did acquire a offensive line talent from Oregon via the transfer portal in Logan Sagapolo. Uh, I'm sure I butchered that name, but I will learn how to say it. Uh, kind of projects, I think, as a center, right, Gabby? And, and I think he's kind of had like an injury-plagued career at Oregon, is my understanding. Um, but Seems like a, a physical guy, um, you know, his weight room exploits are, are being uh, recirculated on Twitter. Seems like an impressive guy in terms of just raw strength and power. Um, you know, I think, I think, look, Mario Cristobal, he wants his identity on the offensive line to be physical guys that can, you know, especially make an impact in the run game. And to me, that's the kind of guy Logan uh, can be. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that's about right. I mean, an interior guy that is going to bring some strength, some physicality that I, I think adds, adds depth. Uh, yeah, probably projects as a center. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get some run at guard. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm all for adding bodies on the offensive line. I think, you know, especially with some injuries that are probably going to be around during the spring. and you know, with some guys like Jalen Rivers that are still rehabbing, I think he's someone that can come in and, you know, just kind of continue the competition and, you know, just kind of, again, I think the offensive line, you know, top to bottom needs to be deeper, needs to just yes. be better, more physical. 
So adding a guy that, you know, they obviously recruited to Oregon from for a reason, a guy that they liked over there. I believe that was getting some first team reps, just kind of reading some old articles that he was getting some first team reps, uh, you know, in that even, I think it was even as deep as fall camp before he had a, an injury that I think kept him out for the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, I think a guy that they have worked with, I think that's sort of good. I mean, kind of saw Garen Justice do it with Justice Alwashan last year, right. kind of bringing in someone that he's familiar with and, you know, just kind of helping the room out. Um, I think that this is uh, potentially Alex Mirabal and Mario Cristobal's version of, of that. Yeah, and you got to trust, you know, in terms of offensive Definitely. linemen, you just yeah. got to trust those evaluations. So um, good addition. I think that group really does need depth at the very least. So uh, hopefully Logan can help in that regard. Uh, okay, let's get into the official visits uh, and let's start with the headliner, right? Let's not bury the lead. Uh, five-star Shamar Stewart, uh, Miami's top target for this cycle. It feels like for three years now, right? Um, he is taking his official visit going into uh you know, it's the final weekend before National Signing Day. And uh, Mario Cristobal will look to close that one up. I'll start here, Gabby. I don't know if it's, I'm not saying like Miami's in a bad spot. I think Miami's in a good spot. But I don't know if it's necessarily like a slam dunk done deal. I still think, you know, things need to go well this weekend. Uh, for it to be wrapped up to Miami. I still think Texas A&M is a significant threat. Uh, what is your read on the situation from the people you talk to? Yeah, I mean, the same. I mean, we, we can't, you can't overlook the fact that, you know, maybe Shamar Stewart didn't get out to College Station, you know, since the turn of the calendar. But Jimbo Fisher and a bunch of Texas A&M staffers went in home with him last night. So, you know, that's probably the freshest thing in his mind right now. And Yeah, Miami went to the school in the morning. Um, you know, Thursday morning. But I mean, again, that big in-home visit was something that we had to sort of keep an eye on going into this visit. I do think it's good that Miami's going to sort of get the last word here. But I also know that there's questions that they have to get answered. I mean, just kind of talking to somebody, it seems like Shamar was still concerned about the defensive coordinator, even on Thursday morning when they had that visit at, at uh, Monsignor Pace High School. So, um, you know, I don't think that this is a slam dunk. I think, again, this Miami staff, need to sort of do everything that they sort of got to do to sort of try to lock this up. I mean, Texas A&M is sitting as a crystal ball favorite. I think that's for a reason. Um, there's a reason why no one's really moving off of it at this point. Um, but, you know, I do think that things can change over the weekend. Um, you know, the other day when Shamar uh, Stewart unofficially visited um, that one Saturday on the first day of the contact period, he called it his best Miami visit yet. Um, at this point, I think he's seen a lot of what he's had to see with Miami. I really think, uh, you know, this is going to be a quote unquote business decision. Uh, they need to sort of just know what's going on and just decide if Miami is going to be the best place for him or if um, if that's going to be Texas A&M. So definitely still a ways to go in this one, even though, you know, we're less than a week away from him making that final decision. What? So, OK, let's just say hypothetically, right? Mario Cristobal does not hire a defensive coordinator by national signing day are you willing to say straight up that he would not pick miami because of that i don't know if you would not pick my i could see that being i could see that being a like it would a, hurt a, their chances yeah i could see that hurting their chances um honestly i mean if i know that you know 
again, Mario Cristobal had said that told a recruiter recruits that 90% of the staff could be done. I think that there's a way that it could be like, you know, we're finalizing the details with, at, right. with this person and maybe they won't be in the building. Uh, maybe they won't be officially done or anything, but I think that if they sort of, I think they have an opportunity to maybe sell a vision to him, but if there's no defensive coordinator even being discussed or they can't even just provide a name for him, um, again, the four-man front is extremely important in this recruitment. I mean, I think that's probably why Georgia might be considered a third, a distant third in this recruitment because he's not super big on playing in that, on like you know, on a three-down line. So, you know, Texas A&M has been multiple. I mean, DJ Durkin has been multiple, uh, probably going to be more four-man down. Uh, Miami has been four down previously, but if he doesn't know what the next defensive coordinator is going to run in terms of that, I think it just kind of op- leaves the door wide open for Texas A&M to be like, I know what I'm going to get here. So um, I could see it working out, even if there's not a guy, but I think that there would have to be some discussion at that about a person that they have in mind and, you know, some stuff yeah. sort of kind of being tidied up. So you took, you, you, you touched on a talking point I want to get into, and that's the multiple idea, right? Do you think Shamar and his camp would be upset if, you know, a, a vision of a multiple defense was sold to Shamar? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I guess it depends how, like, often they're going to maybe switch it up. But, I, again, I think the I think as long as, like, maybe the – I don't know if you can even call it the base, but I think as long as there is a willingness to have four down linemen a lot right. of the time, I think that he can get on board with it. Uh, I'm – I mean, with any defense, I mean, you ha- you can't say we're not going to get creative and we're not going to show different looks because you want to play for Like, I think you have to understand it's not always going to be this if, you know, you bring a guy like that that wants to just give different looks and be multiple like that. So, um, I mean, I can't imagine that being a different, like, a deal breaker because I think, I mean, that's, again, that's what DJ Durkin's been at Ole Miss. Maybe that was for a specific reason, and I don't know if that's necessarily the plan at Texas A&M, but, I mean, that's what he's shown in the past. So, I mean, I think... And that's what Texas A&M was last year. Exactly. Like, uh, you look at DeMarvin Leal, right? Yeah. He's he's one of their edge guys. He is a 6'4", 290-pound edge guy. Um, yeah. You know, to me, the strength of Shamar Stewart is his ability to play within a multiple defense. Um, not every defensive lineman can do that. Not every defensive lineman is 6'6", 275 has the ability to play on the edge and then on third and long kick inside and rack up sacks on the inside. You know, I, I think of like a Greg Rousseau, right. His 2019 season, where did he rack up all of his sacks pretty much Yeah, when he kicked inside and those, you know, interior offensive linemen at the college level typically aren't very good. And so that can be a potential huge mismatch to exploit. And so if I was Shamar and if I was Shamar's camp, I would embrace the multiple opportunity and big picture wise for sure. And if we're talking about NFL, that's what he's going to be as well. I mean, he's a guy that can play everywhere on the D line. I, if I'm him, I fully embrace that because that increases my value and that increases my opportunity to get on the field sooner rather than later. So uh, I understand why, you know, uh, it sounds more fun to just play as a straight up edge rusher, pin yeah. your ears back, get after the quarterback. 
down after down after down. Um, and he certainly can do that. Um, but if I'm him, I mean, look at Georgia, look at Alabama, look at the, the defensive line Texas A&M is currently building. They're basically doing it with multiple fronts, all of them. And they're basically doing it with 6'5", 275, 285-pound defensive ends. Um, so that's just my two cents on it. And, and, you know, look, he can, he can do whatever he wants to do, but, uh, to be focused on like a strictly four down front, yeah. I think it's unrealistic. Not, right. I mean, that's just not what big time football is about anymore. Um, I think know, he just but, wants the opportunity. I think he wants to know that he's going to have a chance to play on that edge. That's why I'm thinking like the multiple stuff right. probably won't matter. I think he just, I think the four down stuff matters to him because he wants to, he, I don't think he wants to feel like he's primarily going to be like, you know, one of these, like a four eye or whatever it is. And, you know, right. kind of just like, he wants to know that he's going to have an opportunity to get on the edge and pass rush. So I think as right. long as there is a four down sort of line in the mix there somewhere, again, that's, I think that's basically what it, what it, what it'll take defensively. All right. So it'll be interesting um, to see if any defensive coordinator news pops between now and signing day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't discount Mario Cristobal ability to sell a vision and, you know, I, I do think it helps too, that Joe Salavea is on the staff. We know he's the defensive line coach. Um, and so that relationship will only further strengthen this weekend. Right. Um, let's stick, let's just go down the list. Um, Another South Florida edge rusher set to visit that is three-star off, offensive defensive lineman, uh, R. Mason Thomas at a Cardinal Gibbons, six foot two, 220 pound. Um, I envision him kind of like as a stand-up edge rusher. Um, what do we need to know about that situation? Currently committed to Iowa State. Yeah, Armason Thomas is actually a really interesting situation just because he is a Fort Lauderdale guy, but he's never visited Miami before, like never been at Miami. So you kind of treat this like you almost treat this like you're recruiting an out-of-state kid, the way you're where as a lot of these kids, at least some of the local ones, have like the Shamar Stewart said he's been to Miami a million times. Armason Thomas has never been on campus before. So, you know, I think that this is a great opportunity for Miami to just sort of pull out all the stops. I mean, just talking to people at the school, like they are really, really high on this kid. I mean, he's a guy that 24-7 sports is much higher on than maybe the rest of the industry. He actually got a bump in the recent, you know, top 247 that released Wednesday. He's like a fringe top 200 player. Um, so, you know, I think, I mean, he officially visited Oklahoma last weekend. I think that they're in a pretty good spot. Uh, I think Iowa State went in home last night, Thursday night. Uh, Miami and Oklahoma also went in home on Wednesday night. So, you know, a couple schools that are definitely pushing the the Iowa state commit, but um, I do think that Miami has a, a pretty decent shot to, to make a pretty big impression, uh, you know, over the weekend, again, first time sort of here. I know that this is someone that they actually really, really like, and, you know, just watching him play. Uh, I'm a huge fan of him, man. Yeah. You're talking about three, four, uh, you're like, like a stand up edge type of guy. Again, if they do go multiple in those like three man fronts, he could be definitely be one of those guys coming off the edge. I think he's just a freaky talent. People kind of labeled him as a tweener early in the process. He still might be uh, six, like when you mentioned his measurable six two. Um, but man, he gets after it. He's relentless. Uh, he's got. He just 
creates big, big time pressure. So um, I'm a huge fan. And, you know, I think it's someone, I think this is definitely someone Miami can make a move for uh, pro- going into the weekend. I mean, Oklahoma could potentially be in the best spot, but again, that's just because they got them on campus. Um, Iowa state, I believe is still a factor. Um, but I mean, if I were betting, I think uh, Oklahoma or Miami had probably have the best shot of flipping him. Okay. So it'll be a, an interesting situation to monitor if Miami can make that strong move. I'm curious on your thoughts, like, and I'm not like trying to like trash the previous staff, but what do you make of the fact that he never visited UM before? Yeah. Um, is I he mean, a late I'm, bloomer, like physically I, I mean, or? I mean, maybe a little bit, but I mean, he was really good last year, you know, just from what I understand. I mean, he was a guy that people at least locally would talk about. He was on that Cardinal Gibbons defense that won a state championship, not this past fall. I mean, they won two straight, but he was a big part of that defense that won it last year as well in, in that 2020 season. Um, you know, I just feel like he was kind of one of those guys that you're sort of like, I don't know, maybe just fell through the cracks a little bit. I mean, Iowa State sort of snagged him up. Maybe some people felt like, again, that he was just a tweener. Like, where do we put him? And, uh, you know, even just talking to some of those guys, again, not trashing anyone, but it was kind of like that same field. Just like, all right, is he like a defensive end? Is he an outside linebacker? Like, where does he sort of fit into this? We don't really think he's a striker. Um, So, I mean, I think it was just more of just like, we don't really know what to do with him. But, uh, I mean, my take on him, I mean, just after having watched him play is just like, you know, this is when he was just committed to Iowa State before a lot of the big schools got involved. I was just like, man, this kid's going to go to Ames and just like, we're going to be looking back in like two or three years and just being like, like, how did this kid get out of South Florida? Like, how did this happen? Cause I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to end up being ultra productive at the next level. And uh, you know, people are going to be looking back like, man, South again, I feel like it happens every year. It's like, Oh, this kid's from South Florida and he's doing X, Y, Z in the big 10 somewhere. And it's just like, that could have been our Mason Thomas. I mean, it could be our Mason Thomas still. And, you know, I think it's good that Miami sort of, you know, doing their, I mean, sort of giving themselves a shot to actually, you know, get right. this guy enrolled here and just kind of keep him home because I do think he's one of those dudes that we're going to be looking back at. And, you know, again, if Miami lands him, you know, thank God we got him because he's a, he's a dude. Let's transition to his teammate, um, Ahmad Moten, uh, defensive tackle out of Cardinal Gibbons. What do you, what do we need to know about that situation? Yeah. Um, I mean, Kind of like, I guess, opposite of how, I mean, I'm not feeling super good about that one going into this final official visit weekend. I think Oklahoma is probably in the best spot. Uh, an extremely, we're talking about late riser. I mean, people sort of knew um, our Mason Thomas before. I mean, people, I guess, sort of knew about a mod mode, but man, he really didn't blow up until like the sort of like middle tail end of his senior year. Uh, he was getting a lot of like FCS offers. I mean, now you've got like, you know, Oklahoma, um, I mean, North Carolina, Tennessee, Miami, Iowa State, like, you know, a bunch of schools that got involved there. Um, I, I just don't know if I just don't know if Miami's going to be the pick there. He is a Miami legacy. His older brother, Anthony Moten, played at Miami. But, um, you know, I just think he's going to end up picking like one of the uh, just a school that's that's not Miami. Do you, you know, them being teammates and both being defensive linemen, do you get a sense that they are like, a package deal do they want to go to the same school together or not necessarily yeah i'm not sure a lot i mean i feel like it's just so hard like i feel like people like the package deal thing always like sounds nice but then it's just like it always ends up being like sort of two different circumstances and stuff like that and you know and people kind of have to make their own decisions i think it could happen i think it, it can just like turn out that they end up at the same school 
but I don't think it would be necessarily like a quote unquote package deal type of thing. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think if let's say Miami makes a move with our Mason Thomas and, you know, Ahmad Moten decides he wants to go to Oklahoma, I think that that's extremely possible. You know, I don't think okay. that that would be like, well, I want to go to Oklahoma. So you need to come to, or like, we're going to Oklahoma type thing. I don't think it's like that serious. Okay. Let's talk about uh, another five-star set to visit this weekend, all the way from Seattle, Washington, uh, Josh Connerly Jr., five-star offensive tackle, number 15 overall in the country, according to the composite, uh, a guy who really impressed, I think, at a couple all-star games, the, the All-American Bowl and the Poly Bowl. Um, seems like a big-time guy that I guess, you know, Mario and uh, Alex Mirabal recruited when they were out at Oregon. Yeah, I mean, big-time guy. I mean, Miami's quietly getting two top-10 players in the country on campus for official visits this weekend. I mean, that's just such a big deal. Josh Connor leads a top-ranked offensive lineman uh, in the nation. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I just think something to kind of note with this recruitment. I mean, people are going to see this weekend as the final weekend before National Signing Day on Wednesday. Uh, Josh Connerly is going to kind of push this thing back all the way into March, uh, you know, just from what everything that's been reported. I think he wants to go see Oregon. I, uh, he wants to go see USC. He, he's playing basketball. So I think right. that that's something that's he why he's pushing it back. Yeah. Right? He's yeah, finishing he lo- out that season. Yeah. And Rainier Beach, the school he plays at in Seattle is like a traditionally great yeah. basketball school. So that's like it's very serious over there. He's not just like a guy playing basketball because he likes like that. That's like a legit big time basketball program over there. So, um, you know, I think that that again, just something to sort of keep an eye on. It's massive that he's taking this official visit. Now he's already taken officials to Oklahoma and Michigan. Miami's going to be the third. Again, I think Oregon and USC are going to be the final two to get them. And that's probably going to happen a little bit later on in the, you know, I guess in the spring. So, um, you know, again, I think Miami has a shot. Again, Oregon was heavily in the mix there with with Mario Cristobal, Alex Mirabal. Um, still a long way to go in this one, though. But, I mean, definitely a chance for Miami to, you know, put their best foot forward in that one. So Miami is definitely the, the furthest school, right, for Connerly oh, yeah. to, to go to potentially. But you, you have been told that, you know, look, there is – he is legitimately interested um, because – you know, he appreciates that Mario Cristobal puts such a strong emphasis in the offensive line, right? Yeah, I mean, just the, just the head coach being so hands-on with the offensive line. David, I know you've talked about it, how Mario Cristobal works with the offensive linemen directly. Um, Alex Mirabal is there as well. They got a, I feel like they got a few guys that are, like, heavily involved in the offensive line. So, um, you know, I do think that that's a big deal. Just you're not going to get that sort of – I mean, you don't really see that a whole ton where, like, the head coach is, like, the offensive line guy. So I do think that that's something that definitely benefits Miami uh, just in terms of his development, in terms of his potential of going to the NFL. I mean, we saw what happened again. I mean, I feel like the Penn and Sue Wells uh, thing is so easy to throw out there, but I mean, kids like an all pro offensive tackle as a rookie. And he was right. like the highest graded offensive lineman, like ever or something like that coming out of college, like something crazy. I mean, that's Alex Mirabal. That's Mario Cristobal. So, uh, you know, it's really, it's really tough to ignore, and, uh, you know, there does seem to be a, a little bit of a West Coast trend to Miami between, you know, Cyrus Moss and them doing a good job getting guys like Jaden Wayne on campus in that 2023 class. So it seems like guys are open to it. And, uh, you know, if, if it all works out, I mean, I could definitely see Miami being, you know, one of the definitely one of the people fighting for it, you know, down to the very end. Let's transition to 
a four-star defensive lineman out of the state of Georgia, Christian Miller, uh, number 102 overall player in the country, six foot four, 295 ish, um, getting him on campus, trying to make a late run at him. What do we need to know there? Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely interesting. Uh, Christian Miller is, is definitely a big time guy, a guy just kind of in Georgia bulldog territory. Um, that's kind of letting the process play out. Um, you know, everything that I've heard has basically uh, indicated that it sounds like it's going to be either Georgia or Ohio State. I know Georgia picked up a crystal ball. Um, I think it was a couple days ago. Might have been it. Might have been a Wednesday or Thursday that one of the Georgia insiders, uh, you know, forecasted Christian Miller to Georgia. I think one of the questions there is just does Georgia have space? I mean, they have right. Michael Williams, Marvin Jones Jr., Bear Alexander, a few other guys in there that are you know just extremely highly ranked defensive linemen. Uh, Christian Miller's coming off a, a knee a knee injury. I'm not sure if he got surgery or what it was, but I know he's coming off a a, a leg thing. So um, you know, but if Georgia has room, I think it's going to be extremely difficult for like just to beat out the Bulldogs. Obviously, coming off that national championship, they recruit just as good, if not better, than anyone else in the country. So again, I mean, I'm definitely not counting out Miami. We saw what happened with Cyrus Moss. I mean, just listening to his interview with Chris Stock that he did on that YouTube on that YouTube show, which was awesome. Kind of him had it. He kind of had his mind settled on USC. Uh, you know, going into that whole thing, got down to Miami, and then sort of just like fell in love with the vision and the program and all that stuff. And you know, he's taking classes at UM right now. So um, right. definitely not writing anyone off. But um, I think just coming into the weekend, it sounds like Georgia might be in the best spot. Let's stay on the offensive line. Uh, kind of a, I mean, we we got hints of it. I think in the early signing period, right? But things have progressed. It seems like here recently. Um, with three-star offensive lineman Inez Cooper at a Pleasant Grove, Alabama. Uh, three-star guy, uh, but he is a massive body type, six foot six, 350 pounds. Uh, you know, haven't seen the guy in person, but judging just off, you know, Twitter photos and whatnot, seems to hold that weight pretty well. Um, seems like Miami's in a good spot with this one. Yeah, I think Miami's in a really good spot with this one. And people are really excited about him. I mean, just kind of talking to people, you know, in the program. I mean, they think that this kid could be just an absolute steal of the class. Um, I think they are concerned that Auburn might be making like a very, very late push. But they're, but Miami's going to get him on campus. And I think, uh, you know, Auburn sort of slow played him through the, camp, through the process. And uh, I do think Miami's probably in the best shot to land him. Again, uh, a guy that I've heard has actually trimmed down some. Um, just while I was actually watching a video that he posted on Twitter, you know, Friday morning. And uh, he moves around pretty well. It looks like he's definitely lost some weight as well. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, a text I got was that he could be uh, the steal of the class. So, you know, I think it's someone that I think someone that they're really excited about. And let's see if they can sort of close things out over the weekend. Big bodied people mover, right? That's what Mario's going to want yeah. on, on the line of scrimmage. Um, he certainly has the potential to be that at the college level. Um uh, Last guy that we definitely know is visiting that we'll talk about here. Uh, Four-star running back Travante Citizen at a Lake Charles College prep in Louisiana. Number 107 overall player in the country. Uh, never easy pulling big-time players out of Louisiana, especially lately. Uh, but Miami's getting them on campus. What is the word on this one? 
Yeah, Trevante Citizen. Um, again, I, I feel like I feel like it's probably an Auburn, Florida, LSU type of battle. Um, he did spend the last couple of days at Auburn. Uh, I'm sorry, at Florida on an unofficial visit. Uh, so he's making his way down to Miami now. Again, I'm not I'm not again not writing Miami off by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a former LSU commit. Uh, there is a, I feel like it's pretty notable that despite him backing off that pledge that all the crystal balls still sit on LSU. So I do think the Tigers are still very much involved with Brian Kelly there. Uh, maybe he just wanted to explore his options with the, uh, you know, the coaching change. I know he's, he's spoken highly of Cadillac Williams in the past. Uh, he's a running backs coach at Auburn and, you know, a former great at the school. Um, again, spent some time at Florida. Now let's see if Miami can make a move over the weekend. Um, I feel like Miami's kind of a distant third or fourth in this one again uh, I, I don't think running backs ever, a, a major need for this class I mean they were never really planning on taking a running back this cycle and then they were able to add Henry Parrish via the portal so I mean you don't need to land a running back I don't think that this is like a, a make or break type of deal but um, I think it is notable that he's actually making the trip down and and stuff like that so I think it's kind of wait and see mode to see if uh, anything changes on Sunday and one situation we were monitoring um, as a potential visitor is defensive lineman Jack Pyburn, who has already visited Miami on an unofficial visit. Uh, he was, it was kind of like a, our understanding was it was like a 50-50 situation if he'd make it down to Miami this weekend on an official visit. Uh, because he had a wrestling tournament and all that. But there is a recent development here as we are recording this podcast, Gabby, with Jack. Yeah. So uh, go into what's going on there now. Yeah, um, it sounds like Jack Pyburn is going to take uh, that this final official visit to Florida. Um, that was a school I feel like people were always curious if they were going to get involved uh, just because he is from Jacksonville. It feels like every cycle – um, you know, Florida gets involved late for one of those like sort of local guys. Um, it sounds like that's exactly what's happened there. He talked about how, you know, he was down to Miami and Auburn. He dropped that final two announcing on February 1st, uh, had that wrestling tournament that he was talking about going to. And, you know, I was told last night that, you know, it was possible that Jack Pyburn made it down to Miami's campus on Saturday night. Um, he had, he did tell me earlier in the week that he felt like he got everything he needed, he needed like to see from Miami on that unofficial visit. He took a couple weeks ago and it almost felt like an official visit to him just because of like, you know, the one-on-one -on -one time and all that stuff. So, um, you know, he has been on campus, which is good, but it does sound like Florida is going to get him in for that, uh, that final official visit weekend. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely a situation to watch there because, it's Florida and he's from Jacksonville. So again, right. we, I think on one of the, the earlier podcasts, you know, kind of hint, noted that Austin Barber situation last year, the offensive lineman from Trinity Christian, who Miami was right. very involved for until at the very end of the process, Florida offered, they were able to get him. So I'm um, not saying that that's exactly what's going to happen here. I think Miami has done a really good job laying the, found, the, you know, the groundwork. I know Auburn has two and people feel good about them, but uh, Florida, Entering this definitely makes it more interesting. And, um, you know, that's, that's definitely going to be something to be watching over the weekend. Probably going to be a tough pull now uh, yeah. for Miami. But, yeah, I mean, on the flip side, Miami probably pushes even harder for our Mason Thomas, right, who will be on campus. So Definitely. Um, I think that's it, right, Gabby? That's all we got. There's not going to be 
we're not expecting at least any surprise visitors or anything like that. No, um, not, not from what I've been able to gather. So I think that's, I think this is going to be who it's going to be. I'll put you on the spot. How many, so we feel like there's going to be seven visitors. How many of these visitors, you don't have to name which ones unless you want to, uh, do you think Miami will end up getting a signature from? I think the, I think a solid over under would be two and a half, but, okay. um, I might go, I probably go, I, I mean, let's go with three. I, right. I could see three. I think right. three would be solid. Like, I think if they got three of these guys, that would be good. I think two is a pretty safe bet. Yeah, two is probably the safest bet, but I think, I think three, is, three is probably pushing it, but um, I, think that would be, I think that would be a win. All right. Three. So it'll be a, it's a big weekend. Uh, Got to reel in the local five-star Shamar Stewart. Um, Want to highlight, you know, 24-7 Sports Network with it being National Signing Day coming up in less than a week has a has a promotion going uh, network wide 60% off for an annual subscription 43 bucks so if you want to join in all the fun uh, could be a busy weekend in terms of maybe coaching hires getting announced as well we will see Uh, but uh, it is a big recruiting weekend nonetheless um We'll keep it, keep everything up to date on the website, insidetheu.com. Appreciate everyone listening as always. Until next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.